you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Part of the Chris Voss Show family, as always. We uh, appreciate everything you guys do to share the show. The the audience doubled in February, which for a 13-year-old show is really freaking hard. So thank you for all of you out there who've been sharing the show, writing the great reviews and five-star stuff. Some of the stuff you guys write on the reviews, uh, it just touches me. Like I sit and cry a little bit and, and I hug one of my dogs and think, wow, people, people really like me. <laughs> bit of homage there, the old Saturday Night Live bit. Um, anyway, we have an amazing Hollywood actor, uh, filmmaker, and linguist on the show today. Uh, Liam Sharp's going to be with us talking about his new Amazon Prime video series. And uh, this is going to be pretty exciting. We're going to talk about his career and uh, what he's doing with the show and uh, some of the other projects that he has in works. In the meantime, as always, we have to dredge you over the shaming to invite your family, friends, and relatives to uh, subscribe to the show. Go to youtube.com for just Chris Voss. Go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss. All the amazing authors we have over there on there. And then uh, LinkedIn, the big LinkedIn show over there, the newsletter, uh, the big group, all the stuff that we're doing is there as well. Uh, tomorrow we have an amazing guest on the show as well. That's all we do. We only book amazing guests. We put them in the Google machine and type in amazing guests, and then we invite them to on the show. Uh, we have a billionaire coming on the show. Our second, I think this is our second billionaire on the show. We're still uh, trying to get trillionaires to come, but uh, we haven't found one yet, so we'll keep working on that. In the meantime, uh, watch for that. That's going to be a big event tomorrow. For some reason, people like it when we have billionaires on the show, but I like it when we have Hollywood actors on the show, which we have today. Liam Sharp is uh, on the show with us today, and he has an amazing uh, sort of history and what he's done and everything else. When he's not busy acting, uh, producing or perfecting uh, the multiple languages that he speaks uh he loves uh, staying fit and playing uh soccer and tennis uh he tried out to be a goalkeeper for the uh los angeles galaxy uh team uh but it's probably better than he didn't because now we can see him in movies and tv and uh, all the series and i'm sure he's going to go on to an amazing career welcome to the show liam how are you thanks man i'm very happy to be here it's uh, nice and warm down here in uh, mexico city where i'm joining you from that's pretty cool. He's he's coming from Mexico City. We had a great discussion in the green room about, you know, uh, some of the living costs and things. Uh, the health. I know health is uh, costs are cheaper there. I might be moving there in my old age as they go. So Come welcome to the show. Give us uh, give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs and wherever that you want people to get to know you better. Yeah, man. LiamSharp.com is my website uh, at LiamSharpB. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're on Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram as well. Uh, and, uh, of course, IMDb, you can see some of the work you've done there. And we're talking about your new Amazon Prime video series you're doing, the head of uh, Joaquim uh, Mureta. Uh, if I got that right. Did I get that right, Mureta? Pretty much, yeah. Joaquim Mureta. Yeah. Joaquim Marietta, uh, the head of, and uh, it's now on Amazon Prime where you can see it there. Uh, tell us about this series and what got you involved with it. 
Yeah, man. It was a really, really amazing just project to be involved with. I honestly had no idea coming into it how really what an experience it would be and how amazing it would actually turn out. I highly recommend watching it as a viewer, not just as an actor in the show. I loved watching it. So, um, yeah. What is the what is the overview of the show? What does it uh, entail? It's a great question. So, in a nutshell, jo- the head of Joaquin Marietta, the original Spanish La Cabeza de Joaquin Morrieta, um, is the first big Latin American Western. And it kind of flips the script a little bit. I mean, the cowboys are always the heroes in the Westerns, right? Hmm. In this case, they still are, but those are Mexican cowboys, um, or almost more specifically, Californian cowboys, because the show really tells the history of what was a, based on a true story of Joaquin Morrieta, who was a Californian uh, in the time where the, the U.S. was taking, wanted to take over California from Mexico. And at the same time, California wanted to be independent, which is obviously still a, still a topic. <laughs> and um, it just it tells the story of, of how diverse a place it is and all of the conflict that was happening. And gold, of course, played a huge role in all that because people found this rare metal they wanted to take out of the ground and sell. And yeah, it's just the story of, of it's really the beginning of the history between the Me- Mexico and the U.S., which is obviously still still a big uh, topic today. Yeah, I think Mexico is still trying to take it back. So uh, there you go. I don't. I think they wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they probably ship a lot of uh, uh, nose candy to. I think Los Angeles. <laughs> That's a joke, people. Just uh, leave it alone. Don't write me. Um, so uh, this is kind of an interesting story because this is a historical context. Uh, it, you know, there was, you know, the big fight over, you know, the expansion of the United States and uh, some of the different things we did between Texas and California. Uh, yeah. It's beautifully shot. I have to tell you, it's, I love the cinematics of it. It's got that grit that, you know, you, you look for in a Western. Like I, I'm a big fan of Westerns, uh, especially like spaghetti Westerns. I mean, who can forget some of the great Westerns that are out there? But there's a grit to it. It's not clean. Like one one of the problems I have with some Westerns, especially some that were produced in the 60s and 70s, were some of the John Wayne ones. uh, Not not all of them, but some of the John Wayne ones were a little bit too sheen. You're like, everybody clearly showers every day in this. (laughs) And I'm not really sure everyone was doing that in the 1800s. No, don't think so. Definitely doesn't look like that in our show. <laughs> yeah, and so in in the in the series, it it has definitely a grit to it. Uh, now, what? Uh, where are we at with the series? Are we still in season one? Season one just came out uh, two three weeks ago, February seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So that's live now. It dropped all at once, so you can binge watch it, which I did immediately. Um, and then, and then, what role do you play? Of course, you're probably wanting to see all your scenes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely just fast forward now. <laughs> um, I'm the bad guy. Um, me and another guy uh, play the two, the two bad guys. We're the, the evil gringos, basically. Mm, those evil gringos. We're the ones that were in charge of taking California in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And I think you play a part as uh, a military leader or someone in the army US yeah, essentially, that, that's definitely the aesthetic. Um, we're, we're the California Rangers. And mm. the California Rangers came out of the Texas Rangers, which came out of soldiers in the Mexican-American War. So after the Mexican-American War, Texas Rangers were founded out of those soldiers. And out of the Texas Rangers, they hired Captain Love, who's the other bad guy, kind of my, my boss, basically, 
um, to round up a band of his, whoever he wanted to form the California Rangers to hunt down, in particular, Joaquin Morita. There you go. And so the story kind of revolves around him, doesn't it? We're going through the going through the paces and and uh, it looks like uh, I, I don't want to give away too much of the series but it looks like he's uh, going around exacting a bit of revenge or a bit of uh, uh, tidying up the books of people maybe who wronged him that's kind of the gist yeah mm -hmm. he's um he's, he's the Mexican Robin Hood to put it simply. Ah, there you go he was this uh, outlaw that that was stealing gold and distributing it to to the people no yeah. the people and it, it kind of details the big fight between, you know, people that are Mexican that are living in what they, what, what the time was Mexico, uh, and it's now California and the, the fight over land rights and settlers and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. It, what's really cool about the show is that it, it, it draws in everybody it has incredible diversity. It, it shows a large, a large portion of the show and talks about, or, or, or deals with um, also the indigenous populations that were in the area on the around the border areas between Mexico and California, which isn't often talked about, but was a huge, huge factor in everything. So there's Mexicans, Americans, indigenous, Californios who were technically Mexican, but wanted to be independent and did become independent for a very brief period of time before the U.S. took advantage of that uh, moment in history to swoop in. Uh, which, I mean, I'm from California, so I can't be too mad. I wouldn't exist if they hadn't done that. But <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood kind of wouldn't be here. It was kind of messed up, but yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, change the world. But uh, I that that was one of the things I enjoyed about watching the series was the uh, you know the they call them Native Americans now, but back then they were indigenous people. Uh, but seeing them use real characters from those uh, places really. I mean, it just enhances the authenticity of the show. I grew up in an era where, I, especially I think during the 60s and 70s, they would use white actors to play indigenous people or, you know, different roles. And it, sometimes it would be really obvious to a point. You're just like, it, break, it, break, it would break the fourth wall, at least for me, where you're just like, this is, yeah, come on, man. Like, this isn't real. Like, it, it, a little it, on the nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that was one of the things I liked about the show. Um, th there's not a lot of major stars in it, uh, that you would find in like big Hollywood productions that move the thing, but the stars are uh, really good in it where they're gritty and they have that, uh, the acting is well done. The, the filmmaking, the, the cinematography, the cinematography is a big deal. I'm a, I'm a Kiri, Akira Kawasawa fan. And, uh, uh, so a cinematography is a real big deal for me and how, how the camera plays the eye and everything else. Now, your your ex expertise is being an actor, a voice, uh, I think a voiceover worker, a filmmaker, mm -hmm. writer, and linguist. Tell us a little bit about some of those different things that you use yeah. to incorporate in the movie. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, first, like, it's, it's true. Um, it was a very Mexican-oriented um, cast, just go back mm -hmm. to what you were just saying. Um, and so... The, a lot of the actors are huge in Mexico, oh, but really? as is typical, um, you could be huge around the world and never heard of in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, like, the guy who plays my rival is huge in Mexico, big in Spain, but, um, and, you know, he's done stuff in the U.S., but it's it's just a d different world mm -hmm. in, in a weird way. Um, and he acts great. It could be, it could be a great yeah. crossover. Yeah, they were, um, everybody really impressed me, honestly. Everyone was good, which is hard to do it's hard to get everybody to be 
that good. I was impressed. Yeah. And I um, love how, you know, Amazon Prime and Netflix and, you know, Apple TV has done some great things. You know, they've really kind of expanded the, the scope of what Hollywood had. And you can find like yeah. really great product uh, that's being put out, you know, that doesn't have to be in Hollywood, you know, rubber stamp by fact, effective anything, <laughs> in my opinion, some of the Hollywood stuff has kind of gone down the tube. You know, I, I see so many, you know, different movies with hardcore messaging <laughs> that seems to be more about messaging than it is about no, writing yeah. a good plot story. And then and the actors are really what do it for me and uh stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tense scenes in the movie and a lot of, uh, there's a bit of blood. What's that old line? There will be blood. There's there a bit will. of blood in the movie. Um, but Just a I think, little. I think that <laughs> I'm being a little facetious, but, but it, it, I mean, there's a grittiness to it. There's a reality to it. There's a, it, it was a savage time with a savage group of people. I mean, it wasn't a pretty era in time. And I, I think no. that maybe captures it well. Yeah, it really wasn't. And um, I think what it does a great job of showing is that everybody was pretty messed up at that time. Yeah. The Americans, obviously, but everyone was not great. And in real history, Joaquin Marietta has a legend of being a hero. I don't know that he was the best guy in real life either. Everybody was just kind of shitty at the time. <laughs> well, you know, it was a, it was a pretty, I would call it lawless, kind of somewhat yeah. law, you know, and uh, going around and doing it. Um, so uh, it, how's the series going so far? Do you, are you guys in production for the next series yet, or do you wait to see if it's going to get picked up? It's, it's kind of still new on its release. Yeah, it just came out. Um, I haven't heard yet. I, I've heard positive things, but mm -hmm. nothing's concrete yet for yeah. subsequent seasons. But I, what I've based on what I've heard and I've seen, it's it's very promising. Um, but the reception has been incredible. I mean, uh, around the world, people have really loved this. I saw a review in Hindi the other day, which really seemed positive. I don't speak mm -hmm. Hindi, but it seemed good. Um, it was a, a newspaper in uh, Belgium, in the French part of Belgium. Mm -hmm. um that was i've just seen stuff from all over the place it was uh it was like top five in the u.s when it came out which is great to see really really I, cool to see and i think it's great in in how it depicts i mean like i say it, it has that grittiness it has that uh uh the the good bad and ugly sort of grittiness to it which is totally such a great movie you know a lot of clint eastwoods i'm a it, big fan yeah. of those movies it definitely drew from a lot of different Western inspirations in particular, but also other inspirations, which, yeah, I, I'm really impressed by the final product. It was incredibly fun to shoot. <laughs> what do you like about your role the most? Because you, you play the soldier, and do you, do you, do you like playing the uh, the bad guy? There's not much to like about <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> um, it was a very fun experience being the bad guy. Um I think the best part about it has been that most people don't believe me when I tell them. Um, I'll tell you, I was in the show, and uh, you should go check it out. I play the bad guy. And they're like, you? You're nice. You're like a nice guy. How are you? Like, Just watch it. And if you hate me, thank you. Thank you. You'll win. <laughs> I mean, it's acting. Acting, right? Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Now, one of the things you have is you are fluent in seven languages. Uh, give us a rundown on everything you're fluent in and, and how that helped you uh, fill out the role. Yeah, man. Um, so English is my native language. Um, I started learning other languages with German when, um, when I was 14. 
just randomly, my grandparents were German, my dad's parents, and I just randomly thought it'd be cool to learn German. I don't know, I, thought it, I think I thought it'd be cool to have some language I could talk to people in that no one else would understand. And it worked, and it's true, most people in the U.S. don't speak German, so I had that secret language. From there, I started learning Spanish, and I would basically just um, um, find people to talk to. I just made friends who spoke that language and forced them to talk that language to me and didn't speak English. And that's how I learned Spanish. And then in college, I went to see Santa Cruz and I learned um, Portuguese. I took Portuguese there, which is wow. pretty similar to Spanish. That So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge leap. And then I later in college did a exchange semester in China in Shanghai and just studied Mandarin. Got pretty good. I'm definitely wouldn't say I'm fluent in Mandarin, but I think for being a white guy, pretty good yeah um, mandarin's hard to learn yeah it's pretty different than like yeah. spanish or english but it's cool also grammar. one of the cool things is it's easy to impress or it was easy to impress people there all i had to do is say like oh thank you and they'd just be like whoa your mandarin's amazing wow yeah they, i mean no mandarin's hard to hard to learn i mean you may as well just go learn russian uh <laughs> so and They're you did that pretty between the ages of 14 to 20 yeah, exactly. So 14, I started learning German. 16 was around when I did Spanish. 17 was Portuguese. 19 was um, Mandarin. And then just through that period, not for any specific reason or any specific, uh, I don't know, it just kind of happened, I guess. I've picked up enough French and Italian to, to get by and have a good conversation with people. And um been working on my Dutch lately. Oh, is, wow. A very unique fun sounding language i i think you know language is interesting it, to, you know telling the history of peoples i remember when i learned a bit of spanish i flunked uh, spanish but when I, <laughs> I learned i used to be able to count to 40 i think i still can if i ran it off in spanish but uh, you know learning about how you know there's the masculine and feminine parts of mm -hmm. spanish uh i'm like wow that's really complex um, you know, it's hard enough for me to learn English at this point, yeah. or at least <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, so, you know, you, you travel a lot, you, uh, you've, you've lived in different places, which I think has probably expanded your thing. What, what, what's interesting is you started out working as electrical design engineer for solar company <laughs> and, uh, doing some other yeah. things. What, what, what made you, uh, turn into Hollywood and acting and stuff? Um, a lot of luck, uh, but that's a great question. Um, yeah, I was working at, I wanted to save the world when I was in college. Mm. Uh, I still would love to, but I'm a little more realistic now. <laughs> it's uh, hard to do it on your own. Lord. So I was like, well, let me work in sustainable energies. What can I do that? I found this really cool solar company in Santa Cruz and I just kind of pestered them until they gave me a job. And I was just like going to supermarkets and yelling at people like, Hey, you want solar panels, right? And most of them probably did, but not for me and not because I was yelling at them. And then I basically just kind of subtly worked my way into becoming a, a site technician doing the, the designs and stuff, going out to the houses, figuring out how the whole electrical system worked. I didn't study electrical engineering or anything, but I was able to learn a basic amount, how solar systems work, uh, not the planetary ones, the electric ones. And then I just kept doing that until I decided it would be good to make more money. 
And I went to Germany to get my master's in computational linguistics, uh, which is like linguistics, which I always already knew I loved languages and stuff, but with the tech component. So I was like, I'll go work for a tech company and make, you know, Google Translate or work on that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I thought that'd be really cool. And it is, but it isn't really cool for me. I decided I didn't want to do that. And one day I just, I didn't want to work in an office. I wasn't that great at the tech side of things. Definitely more on the humanities arts side of things. And um, one day I just thought, wouldn't it be cool to be an extra in a movie? Like people do that. Those are just regular people, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked it up and I got cast in a cool movie as an extra, but I got a little close-up moment, which don't tell anybody got actually cut out of the final movie, but that's okay. And then <laughs> I just realized that people could would pay me to do, even if it wasn't much of the time, would pay me to do it. And I just did it, I guess. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting uh, business. Uh, people don't. I, I don't think people nowadays. Maybe they do. I don't think most people really appreciate the art that goes into it and the work that goes into being an actor. Um, years ago, I owned a modeling and acting agency in Utah for six years, and back then, Touched by an Angel was a big thing up here, and a lot of productions were going up here because of a recent, uh, at the time, recent uh, strike in Hollywood. And so people were coming up to Utah for the non-union part of it. But it's a beautiful place. And a lot of stuff is filmed here, including Westerns down in the southern part. But uh, I would go to auditions with some of the people that we knew that were producing films up here, up in Utah. And, uh, you know, we I'd see like all the actors, some of them were mine, would come in and do their do their uh, auditions and it was interesting to watch and you would have you know most of them would not really have it and then suddenly someone would come on with an audition and there's no music there's no background you know of the set or whatever they're just there standing in front of you sometimes in like you know a warehouse setting that's uh, and and they will deliver an acting performance that will maybe have you crying or jumping out of your seat or, or excited. Or, they will move you in such an emotional way without the music, without the background, without the story. You know, they'll just jump right into the piece of that character. And people don't realize, you know, I, I think people don't realize how powerful that, that, that it takes to be a great actor or an actor in itself to deliver that. I think you're right. Um, yeah. it, it looks easy because they pick the people that make it look easy and it's really not that easy. I mean, I think there's two kinds of actors. There's actors that can play anyone. They just it could be anybody like mm -hmm. Meryl Streep could be a six year old boy. She's, she's playing amazing. me in the upcoming movie. That makes sense. Actually. <laughs> God help her. Please. Don't. And, and, um, I think there's uh, most that that's like, I think a truly incredible thing, which is just infinitely hard to do. And there's, I think most actors can play characters that are like themselves in some way really well, or, you know, good actors. Um, and that's also very hard to do, but, but I think that's a lot easier to do if you can come from yourself, which is, I don't know. That's just what most acting to me seems like it is. You just kind of put yourself in a situation with a few different parameters. Okay. I'm, I'm like this in this world and how would I act, but being able to 
be anybody whatsoever, that that is a skill I really, really admire. And I think it's very rare. And it's kind yeah. of what you're talking about with these auditions that people can do that. It's it's incredible. Yeah, people don't realize that the actors will, you know, build the character in their head or at least off of what they're given on the sheet. And uh and then make their choices. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of work involved in it. Yeah, there's a lot of background work that goes that goes into all of it. You really prep a lot. You got to learn your lines, and that's kind of the easiest part. At least um, that's not the hard part for me. The hard part is figuring out the world. You know? Yeah. See, my problem is I'm like Marilyn Monroe. I can't remember my lines. Yeah. But I'm really tough. good looking. Yeah. Right. I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. No, I, I sympathize. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a burden. <laughs> <laughs> So how, how did how did you, <laughs> I, it's painful, man? I suffer every day. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know what? Since you play such an evil character, a bad guy in this movie, yeah. where, where the hell did that come from? Ah, that wow, I didn't. I didn't know I had that in me. You know. Um, now I'm terrified. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's in everybody. Yeah. Everybody's like got an angry part and everybody's got a part where they feel like things aren't fair and mm-hmm. uh i don't know i mean objectively i don't know my life's been great i have not a lot to complain about but <laughs> i can imagine what it would be like if it weren't you know and yeah. certainly i've had my own challenges and, and times when i was mad and you just draw from that um mm-hmm. but i think the really hard part is taking that experience or number of experiences and putting that into this context which is completely different that's i think one of the main challenges uh, between being uh, a person and a person acting another person yeah it's it's you know it's so funny how people don't get the acting part like i was you know i've seen criticism of actors and and actresses and and uh chris rock got some stuff on the comedy part i think there's some other comedians that are greats that you know they get a lot of shit nowadays (laughs) some of the people that are out there I'll, i'll see stuff on like you know twitter people like you know uh they're basically armchair quarterbacking uh, someone who actually does the work and yeah. you're just like it's like hey do you get it man like it, this is acting it's acting this is this is the whole point of of being an actor um and so some of the things that go into it what are some of the other projects you might be working on or do you want to plug any projects you've done in the past yeah man um what i'm working on now since this show since we started filming this show and a little before that I've been doing a lot of writing. So mm-hmm. what I'm really focusing on now is, is producing these, these at, the po- at the moment, two main projects that I've written. One's a feature film. Mm-hmm. One is a TV series. The TV series is a very large undertaking. Um, the TV series basically tells an alternate history version of what happened to the Aztecs and the history of Mexico. The Aztecs were the residents of what is now Mexico city and they controlled much of Mexico 500 years ago when the Spanish arrived from Europe and got involved, let's say, um, in this version, it tells that story as faithfully as possible because no one really knows the Spanish burned all of the, the Aztec accounts of everything. So it's all kind of, Wow. Bias accounts and speculation, um, unfortunately. But as best I can tell or anyone can tell, um, 
telling that story, but the major twist being the Aztecs end up winning. And oh, by wow. the end of season one, it go, and that's not really a spoiler because it's kind of all point of the show. So the end of season one, they, they remain in control of Mexico and they wow. end up checking out what's going on in Spain and getting involved over in Europe. And we just kind of keep going in that direction. We know what happened in the real history. That's, mm-hmm. we, we've seen that. I want to know what would happen if Europe hadn't taken over the world. That would be an interesting story to watch. Not not to do a Nazi comparison of some of the negative <laughs> Nazism, but that show that they did uh, where they 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 played out if the Nazis had won. The Man in the High Castle. Yeah, the Man in the High Castle. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, I, I, I thought that was interesting because I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, what if? It would be interesting to kind of explore that and the story of it. And right. so not to make a comparison between Nazis and the Aztecs, well. but to... <laughs> Yeah. Just, just from that but example, it is very. I mean, I definitely drew inspiration from that concept, and I yeah. really liked that show, and I really liked the concept of alternate timelines as a, a really fun thing to explore for me. So, a lot of my um, projects play with that. Would have been interesting too, maybe if the Indi- uh, the American uh, natives had had uh, won uh, won all the wars that we were doing when we first came. I think we had some authors on that have talked about the history of that. And, uh, well, in the, yeah, in the show, it, the that would happen. In the show, yeah. that would happen. We'd just be back in Europe drinking our stupid tea and stuff. No, <laughs> oh, I just lost the London audience. Earl yeah. Grey is great tea. <laughs> Earl Grey, get it today wherever wherever Earl Grey is sold. I'm a big fan of chai tea lattes, which. <laughs> Probably most people wouldn't consider tea, but they're delicious. There you go. There, I think we just lost the London crowd again. Um, I think don't they like their old tea over there? That's their big thing. I'm not an expert, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've heard it through the thing. I can't. I can't. I've heard. Can't, I've been told. Yeah, I can't call the queen anymore. She's not returning my calls anymore. I don't know why. Anyway, that's a queen joke, people. She's yeah. passed. Uh, uh, God bless the queen. Um, God, I'm trying to save the London crowd now. Uh, so Liam, uh, anything more you want to touch on or tease out before we go? Absolutely, man. Lots of stuff. Um, you asked me a question like 30 minutes ago that I didn't answer. I was like, let me go back to what you said before, but I just figured you were dodging it. Yeah. Right. I, I kind of got that. I'm like, he doesn't want to talk about it. Man. But I forgot. What was, what was that question? I know. I, you know, there's a couple of questions I asked. I th- what got you into acting, learning languages, uh, future things, other projects you're working on or have worked yeah. on you want to plug? Uh, yeah, man. Um, so there's the show that I've been working on. And there's this movie, which is probably what I'll make first, given that that show is a big, big project, big budget, big show. Um, so I'm going, uh, I've written this movie as well, which could definitely be made for a more reasonable budget, let's say, um, which deals with the um, uh, U.S.-Mexico border today. Uh, so not in a dissimilar vein from Morita, but now in today's day and age and what it looks like now, which is uh, the main character is a border patrol vigilante, a xenophobic guy who's trying to prevent people from crossing the border. And basically he ends up in Mexico with what's called aphasia. So he loses his ability to speak English Mm. and finds himself in Mexico and has to survive from there and try to get his life back after losing 
first his ability to speak his own language, uh, which is another problem with being monolingual. You lose that. What do you do? Um, That's true. And then, uh, yeah, just trying to get his life back. And, you know, it's got this really nice arc to it. I'm really excited to so we're we're in like pre-production for that. I'm really really excited to get that one off. The I like stuff like this cuz it seems more authentic. Like I say, I don't like the fakeness of, you know, I've seen westerns where the buildings are like a little too clean. You know, you're like you live in the dust bowl and there's the desert and there's like wind blowing and sand and looks like everyone washed the buildings last week. Uh-huh. You know, and everyone's everyone's showered and clean, shaven and you know, a little too sheen and you're just like it's like this doesn't seem like the gritty old wild west you know and uh so i i'm a real big i, I like authenticity because i think it's i think it just makes a great thing and i also like movies that are, aren't trying to send me you know social messaging i mean uh, it's not that i have issues with social messaging it's just like i came to see a movie like uh, you know i went to the godfather you know, like I love the Godfather movie. I recently saw it again in theaters for its 50th anniversary. I don't want to see the Godfather telling me about climate change. Climate change is real and it's a good thing, you know, whatever, you know, fix it. But I don't want to see the Godfather talking to me about, you know, I don't want to see Godfather 4 going, Godfather takes on climate change, you know, that sort of thing. It's just, yeah, you. get it. I mean, get I, I get it. Damn movie. <laughs> People go to the movies to escape all that stuff. Yeah. You I do. think most, I think lots, most really good movies do have a message, but it's not so in your face. And you yeah. think about it and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I get it. It's kind That's of great. That's too. super cool. Yeah. If it's really, if it, if it supersedes the plot, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, like I think the, I, I'll throw some shade, my personal, in my opinion, <laughs> like to the, there's a Marvel movie that came out with the Thor dude. And like the whole movie is just about his rejected ex-girlfriend or getting back with his ex-girlfriend. I haven't watched the movie clearly because I just I saw the premise trailer and I just went, "Oh, this is probably for the chicks who want to get back together with Thor or whatever." Some sort of girlfriend <laughs> boyfriend dynamic. Like I, I have enough painful relationships in my past. I really don't want to watch someone else's. <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm here to see. You know, you go see Spider Man. You don't you don't see Spider Man to see that. You know, it's it's a subplot his his relationship with the, the girl he likes. You know, but the rest of the movie is him killing bad guys and right. you know, or, or fighting bad guys. You know, that's what you really want to see. You know, you don't really care. You know, that's a subplot. But uh, to see yeah. like a whole movie shaped around that, I'm like, what the hell's going on? But you know, I mean, it's <laughs> suspension of animation or reality and whatever. But I have enough of that in my life. But uh, so I love the movie. I, I or the series so far. I watched the uh, first part of it and. The, the grittiness, the reality, the characters I dig. I kind of actually like that there's there's no big actors that I know of. I mean, you said they're they're very big in, in Mexico. But right. uh, I, I really liked it because I, I can explore the actors a little bit more. Who is this person? What, what's going on? Totally. And, uh, and, and that speaks to me a little bit more than, you know, sometimes you, you do break the fourth wall if I see Meryl Streep doing something. I mean, you know it's still Meryl Streep. You're like, I think when she played the queen, you're like, yeah, it's still Meryl Streep. She's a great actress. No shade on her. But but it's very I, hard to I, get beyond being you. <laughs> that's true. I mean, and that's pretty much what my psychiatrist says is my biggest problem. Anyway, <laughs> Liam, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, give us your dot coms wherever you want people to find you on the interwebs. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. It's uh LiamSharp.com, S H A R P E. Uh Instagram at Liam Sharp B. Um also, my production company, sharpstudios.com. We do 
fun commercials, music videos, and do all kinds of stuff on the production side. So me in front of the camera, Liam Sharp behind the camera, Sharp Studios. And uh, can't wait to see you guys there. There and you more go. Shows, more shows and movies. Uh, hopefully this next one that we're working on is going to come out very soon. So there you I'll go. Come back and talk to you about that one when that comes out. There you go. We'll look forward to seeing Godfather 4. Takes on climate yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. We, I'm climate change. In that, I think actually. Francis Ford Coppola is working on that one. That yeah. or Apocalypse Now too. That's a, another favorite of mine. <laughs> I don't even know how you do a sequel Second to that movie. Apocalypse. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Liam, for coming to the show. We really appreciate it. Cheers, man. It's a pleasure. And to my audience, check out the uh, uh, series on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, I think just about everybody does nowadays. Who doesn't, for real sakes? What's going on there? Uh, check out the movie uh, or the series, The Head of Joaquin Murrieta. Uh, and uh, I think you'll like it. I like the grit of it. I like to, it has a real Western feel. It's not like, uh, I don't know, somebody who shouldn't be in a Western playing a Western. It really looks and feels like the thing it's a great story and uh it definitely has its elements of suspense and all the wonderful action that goes into a movie so check that out as well there'll be a link on the chris voss show uh also refer your family friends and relatives to the chris voss show go to goodreads.com for just chris voss youtube.com for just chris voss and all the places in between all that good stuff thanks for tuning in be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you next time